You are listening to The Photography Show. This is episode number 14 for January 10th, 2011, Tricorn Cats. We were discussing a minute ago that there needs to be a dislike button on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... That's the <laughs> That's what we're discussing. <laughs> we're off to a great start. That's the goal yeah. of social media is to just do as little work as possible and maintain friendships with people. Yeah. But, yeah, there definitely needs to be a dislike button for when you don't like things <laughs> or when disliking is the better option. That's right. I have a cold. Like. <laughs> like it. Hey. Or would you say, my kid got hit by a car. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two likes. Double like. Double thumbs up. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and send those comments in um, to, to what's-his-name Facebook, dude. And, uh, oh, my. Well, no. Um, some of the profit sharing. We actually do have a um, sort of a topic today. Uh, what is For it? For the most part. Well, before we get into that, let's let's announce the, um, the uh, listener questions thing that we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a listener... And if you're listening, you probably are a listener. Uh, and you would like to write in and ask questions for the show. We thought that that would probably be a cool thing to do. And uh, we have an email address for you to use on that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be the photography show at thepublicbroadcast.com. We'll put that in the and show notes too. Maybe they can also just start a thread for all the Flickr people that are already. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, on uh, in the group they can go ahead and just start a new thread there too and um just give us all your questions and we'd like to compile them and answer them maybe little bits in each show or have a whole show where we answer a bunch of them or whatever but we would love to hear what you guys uh want want to hear about hear us talk about uh so that we can come up with ideas for different shows and just answer answer general questions if they're kind of short answer things in the future so right yeah yeah we haven't done a show in a while we've been missing incognito Yes. Yeah. Well, I was saying we we really like to build anticipation. Like when you, when you come out with with the first movie, and then when the second movie is supposed to come out, and it doesn't for years. That's the same thing we try to do over the holidays. But it only only like two people wrote us. That's right. <laughs> so, so we just thought we'd come on back anyway. Oh uh, yeah. No, it's called it's called holidays. I really don't think we've done a show in a long time, but we've been swamped. Did you leave town for the holidays? You stay here. I was, yeah, I was back and forth and, and stuff like that. But almost every weekend was, was I had stuff going on, and yeah. when I say stuff, I mean like drinking and eating. No, uh, hey, so, you know, yeah. I was swamped. Oh, yeah. That'll lead us to our New Year's resolution discussion soon here. Um, Stop eating and drinking so much. much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, the holidays are nice, but, uh, boy, they uh, – you, you know, here, I, I'm going to go ahead and admit uh, – admit – I can't, can't talk to – a complete Dilrod photography move here. I uh-huh. – uh, you know, I've got a very cute niece and nephew, and, and right. uh, you know, I like to geek out and, like, shoot lots of snapshots of them. And well, so, I've, I've seen some lately. They were good. Well, thank you. But you didn't see any from New Year's Day. What Which happened? is usually a funny time because, you know, um, you know, the boy will make tricorn cat hats out of uh, <laughs> newspaper, not tricorn cats. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw those. those tricorn those cool. cats is going to be the name of the episode. Tricorn cats. <laughs> tricorn cats. Uh, it's a New Are Year's you hat. Drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we just talked about not eating and drinking as much. I, I think, think you're so. drunk. <laughs> um, however, uh, so I, I, you know, lug the camera out and, I, you know, my niece is doing something extremely cute. So I whip it out, turn it on, the button won't fire. And I'm like, what? And I left the CF card. Sticking in my computer at home. Nice. It's smooth. And not another one on you. I know I did. I had a film camera on me without any film oh. in it. Dude, I did. you were the master photographer. I did double and lazy. Filmmaker. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of did the same thing the other day. I hadn't used my camera in a while, in a few days, and um, I got it out to shoot. I was at, I was actually at, I was shooting at something, and and I got my flash out and put it on there. And after about three or four flashes, the flash went dead, and I was like, "What's <laughs> nice. wrong with it?" Well, the batteries went out. Great, because I hadn't recharged them. So, um, yeah, stupid move there too. So. So what, what went on on the photography show this batteries. week? Check the batteries. Check the batteries. So what did they talk about in the photography show? Well, these two uh, know-its couldn't figure out how to bring a CF card. They talk about checking your batteries and stuff. Oh, so it's pretty pretty high-tech show. So this is, this is also planned because this is a litmus test to see how much people really like us when we talk about doing stupid things. You know? Yeah. But no, but that is something everyone does, and obviously we both did it. So oh, yeah. Especially when you haven't used your gear in a while. When <laughs> yeah, you're using exactly. it all the time. You've got everything charged up all the time. You've got your cards tested, this and that. You haven't been using it in a while. You go grab your bag. You think everything's perfect. You get there, and there's no card or <laughs> your batteries are out or whatever. No film. Uh, yeah. Right. And I didn't, yeah. And where I was, I didn't have my, I left my bag in the car and I didn't bring the batteries with me. So I was just like, okay, we're using natural light in five. <laughs> At least four. you can still take a picture. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. No, it's, check, uh, it's, check, your, check yourself. It's called the lazy holidays, is what it's called. Yeah. But yeah. you know, so I asked you earlier. Now, we're going we're gonna to try to do at least, uh, like we said, a show a month. <clears throat> so, <laughs> right. That's what you'll get. This is the giggle hour today. Uh, but before we started recording, we were discussing what we were going to talk about. And uh, you mentioned you're not much of a New Year's resolution kind of guy. Well, I'm just not much of one to say, okay, Wade, um, do this this year yeah. for sure. And because I've made resolutions in the past and then I've let myself down when I didn't make when I didn't do them. So um, I'm definitely all for having goals. I'm a big goal person. Sleepless and, nights and uh, agony ensue. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm constantly thinking. I'm constantly wanting to do new things. I'm constantly pushing myself. Um, but um, when I guess maybe I'm just talking about going back to the gym. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> How to be but a better photographer. I am, I am eating better. and um, I'm glad. And so those were two, those were two kind of you know, personal New Year's resolutions. Eat a little less, drink a little less. I'm doing those things. And so I'm, you know, hopefully going to feel a little better. But photography-wise, yeah, I've got all kinds of things. I didn't necessarily put them down on paper, but just all kinds of things that I would love to do this year. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm weird about that. And uh, I'm not a stickler about it either because, yeah, yeah. you do set yourself up for uh, – yeah. Well, yeah, you do, because all of a sudden it's this big pressure thing. I mean, sometimes it works for people. Just, you know, I'm a little different on that. But, you know, probably about, gosh, about seven years ago I started this. But there's something very cool, I think, about, you know, New Year's Day is usually pretty quiet, and it's a nice time to just chill. Any of those days, the first, the second, somewhere in there. And so I got in this habit of I've got a moleskin notebook that I use for it, and it's old. Oh, yeah. You know. And so I usually just kind of, like, write down some things I want to do. And I try to hit, I mean, there's a couple different you know, kind of subjects I try to hit. One of them is like, you know, my education, my learning, any new things I want to try to take on during the mm-hmm. next year. Uh, sometimes they're project-based goals. Like, for instance, my other podcast was a goal one year, and uh, it yeah. actually happened. But what's kind of weird for me is it, it, sometimes it's like um, maybe a portfolio subject you want to start doing, dealing with, things like that. Uh, but, like, for me, um, what's kind of cool is, like, when I sit down the next year and look at the previous year, that's really about the only time I look at it. You know, I, don't, I mean, right. I might pull it out, but rarely. Um, but it's interesting to see how things morph. And I think, for me, it's just the fact that I've put them down 
on the paper. Sometimes they morph in. <laughs> usually they morph into better things. But uh, that's my that's my voodoo thing. Is like I've got to get it down on paper at least. You know. No. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, I, and, and and that's really good to do. I think I'm. It's something I haven't taken the time to do yet. But I've definitely had some ideas going and, and just getting back into work and everything. Right. Uh, I have jotted some ideas down, like kind of you said in your day timer or your moleskin or whatever you go by. Um, to kind of think, well, okay, what are you going to do different this year? Are you just going to do a big old repeat, a big <laughs> boring repeat <laughs> more. last year? No. More of the same. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I just went down more of the same, and then I took a nap. <laughs> I went to sleep. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it, it's it's important to do that stuff, and, and I don't know, it, it's – Sometimes it's loose, and then sometimes I I have things that you know are kind of. It depends on how defined the goal is. You know, if it's something really vague, like take more photos. I mean, right. it's hard to come up with like next action, you know, steps that you yeah. can take on something like that. And that kind of thing usually just drifts away. So I try to get more specific. Personally, that, that one should be just on the list all the time. Yeah, take more photos every year, every day, all the time for a photographer or somebody's into it. You know, because sometimes we do get. Um, I know definitely, well, during the holidays, I did a lot of shooting, but kind of, um, I guess between Christmas and, and now, uh, you know, I've kind of been in business mode and, and stuff like that, just kind of getting oh, ready sure. to prepare for everything for the new year or whatever. So it's kind of been a little slower than usual or whatever, but, um, I'm definitely ready to get fired up again and, and have my batteries ready and, and, uh, start shooting away, start doing some projects. You know, there, there's a there's a trending project that I see every – well, you got you see it all year long on Flickr. But, you know, the people who come up with the 365 project. That yeah. Have, you know, and that's always such a curious one to me because, like, on one hand, it's so vague that it's like you're mm-hmm. totally setting up for failure on that because you're, you're probably not going to make – I mean, you probably do pretty well. But, but maintaining the enthusiasm for something that vague I think is hard for a whole year. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's such a curious, interesting topic, you know. Have you ever? There is, yeah. Well, there's a there's a website called Project Three Sixty Five. Becca does it. Hmm. Uh, my wife, she's on there, and um, she, you know, she kind of she kind of takes a picture. Uh, she'll 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 take a bunch of pictures sometimes, you know, at some weeks, sure. and then kind of and kind of fill in the days she had missed before. Right. Uh, but I think you can do it that way as long as you get, have come up with three hundred sixty five pictures for the whole year, or really try to take pictures every day or a picture a day i mean how hard does that can that be especially with our cell phones oh yeah picture a day and and put it up either on Flickr or on project 365 or some site like that i think that's i think that's a great idea because it keeps you uh it keeps you thinking about shooting all the time um whether you're doing it a lot or just taking one picture a day oh yeah absolutely and i think well and that's the reason for it you know because it is kind of a hard thing to do like you were saying becca tends to space it out sometimes i think i don't see where you could I mean, you'd have to. I mean, you have those days where you're just not going to get to a photo. But um, and you yeah, have other days people, where you shoot a ton. Some people just take like a self-portrait of themselves every single day. Uh, that that Noah uh, is it Collini or something like that? A famous, uh, or, or he's a professional photographer in New York or whatever. He did one where he did it for uh, every day of the year or a few years, or whatever. He sat in front of his computer and he'd take like the same picture. Oh, he did like a time lapse. Is it that guy? Yeah, time lapse yeah, thing yeah, yeah. was really cool. But even something that simple it turned out to be a super awesome project. Yeah. Um, 
I like that because it definitely has a theme to it, you know, some kind of definition. That the the thematic approach is going to make something like that easier when you. I mean, just creatively, there are days where you don't feel creative. I mean, that's just right. normal, you know. Um, in fact, a lot of them usually. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but something like that can help with those kinds of dips because you know you at least you're on a mission. You know what that is, and you can go churn it out if you need to, and hopefully the next day be more inspired. But uh, but no, it's it, that is a very very cool project. Um, yeah, the, so the that's, that's something that we could all just kind of strive to do. Or some people could say, okay, this year let's I'm going to do the, uh, try to take a picture a day at least and post it. Even if you have your own blog or Tumblr or something, that's a good place to keep it. Yeah, you know, there was another early one. Uh, and this would have been around the time, probably about 2004 or five, when Flickr had kind of come out. And this wasn't on Flickr. I'm just equating it with that timeline. But uh, there was a guy who shot large format eight by ten stuff, and he had a project called Stranger a Day, and uh-huh. he was. It was he didn't do it every day. It was like a three sixty five. He he did it as many days as he could. And he ended up like with two hundred portraits that he took on on the street of strangers. And That's I, very cool. Yeah, and it's a wild project because it's like. You know, if you're if you're not a very extroverted person, that's a tough one to pull off. You know, well, or if you live somewhere like we do, like Dallas, it's kind of harder than. Well, it depends on what your commute and your work area is. Like, if you live in New York and you're walking, if I was on the subway every single day and walking to work, uh, that's something I could definitely pull off. But working from home, oh yeah, no, <laughs> sure. Downtown, yeah, that would be hard. You're not for exposed, me. but uh, I mean, it was literally out on the. St- I think he was in New York, but it was literally out on the street. He'd grab people, and it basically you have to introduce yourself, explain what the project is, ask if they'll take the portrait. But it was kind of interesting because I remember, you know, I, finding this when the project was over with, and he had his a website with all the results, and and he was saying that you know um, a lot of these folks it was actually easier to get people into it than he thought it would be mainly because he was shooting with the large format camera with the hood and people were real curious and wow does that still work and you know i think they're kind of intrigued by that kind of thing um more right. so than yeah. just like a dude with a camera acting creepy in the park you know you can do that too <laughs> yeah. but uh, no yeah i was just watching this this guy the other day who does uh did, did you see that what i posted um the, the guy that was taking the pictures of fashion in new york I don't up think and so. down the streets and everything. Anyway, it was a really cool blog, and and that's what he does every day. And then he goes back and he has a blog that he that he he finds people that are wearing cool outfits and clothing and stuff, and goes back and blogs about it. And and but it, he's a really good photographer too. And huh. um, yeah, that's so, really interesting too because that that's it's like it's a weird parameter. It's like I, I haven't. I guess you have picked a subject, but it's something that's going to kind of take you out of just shooting photos, which is, or learning how to work a camera or something. You're like interfacing with people and like for fashion or portraits or things like that. Those, I mean, those are skills you have to have, you know? Um, Yeah. Most people who shoot celebrities, you know, for instance, are usually pretty even tempered, interesting personalities, easy to talk to, very even keel, you know, uh, because that's what you're extroverted. Yeah, definitely extroverted, you know? But you know what? You don't have to be that way. I think sometimes you have to push yourself. I think even though I'm kind of an extroverted person, um, I can get really uncomfortable sometimes when it comes to photography in certain situations, especially in the beginning. The more and more more I do something and the more I take pictures of people, uh, the the less I I become that way. But 
um, even when I, it's been a while since I've taken pictures of people maybe, and then a project comes up where I have to take uh, pictures at a party, a dinner party, or, or, or something where there are going to be a lot of people, and I'm going to have to be in their face or whatever, right. um, I can get kind of uncomfortable feeling again. So I think it's like, you know, giving a speech or, or anything else to where sure. if you don't do it, if you don't do it a lot, when you, when the time comes, you're going to be very uncomfortable doing it. But if it's something that you do on occasion, uh, or, or, you know, every once in a while, then when, when you do it, you know, you're going to be more comfortable. I think shooting people is kind of the same way. And that can be a great, uh, resolution for people this year is so many people out there will just say, well, I just hate doing this or I hate doing that. Or I just do not like that. A lot of that comes from fear sometimes. Right. And if you can just like maybe try to this year, instead of just saying, I hate doing that. I don't take pictures of people. I'm not good with people. If you just may try to confront that or do that this year and say, I'm going to try to take more pictures of people this year and just see how it goes. See if I can kind of overcome this fear, then, you know, that might be cool. Well, there's another really important skill there too. And uh, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, have voiced an interest via email and Twitter and stuff of, you know, interested in going out on their own and starting their own photography business and stuff. Yeah. And that requires those same skills. You've got to be able to go out and look for work and talk to people and sell yourself. And Definitely. so, yeah, projects like that are cool because they're kind of skills that bleed over into other areas that are really important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think being able to interact with people, um, in any kind of way, even if you are kind of introverted or whatever, if you can if you can force yourself out of that shell, because a lot of us are like that. Even though we may not come across like that, you know, right. a lot of times where where we just don't really feel comfortable in a certain situation or don't want to talk to people or whatever. Or I even have to push myself a lot of times to say, okay, Wade, I mean, I, this is my full time job now, and so I have to sell myself, even if I'm uncomfortable doing that. Yeah. Like, okay, Wade, you have to promote yourself on Twitter. You have to promote yourself on on Facebook and. and and, and flicker and you have to call people and email people even though this isn't kind of your personality to push yourself on other people this is what you have to do now to survive so yeah sure uh, so just you better go do it if this is what you want to do or else you can go back and work for somebody um and so i do that and that's what i've been doing here this whole first week of january is i've been um i've been back out there even though i've been doing this business out for two and a half years uh it doesn't matter come january 1st um i have clients that i will do business with this year again but i'm hitting the pavement once again yeah you right have off to the bat, uh going out there trying to find new clients so um yeah well, so it never stops drifting into more of a business discussion here too on photography it's like i think anything with freelancing with what we do with visual being in the visual communication business is that uh when the economy dries up like it is now um <laughs> sometimes aesthetic things become a luxury for people and they're not buying photography like they are when they've got big budgets on projects or right. a lot for stock or you know and i can totally understand why but there are people out there that are paying and you've got to go find them that's what it yeah comes that's down what to. i've really done in the last couple of years because you know i started my business in a recession i mentioned that before and and right. it's been two years now that we've been slowly trying to climb out of a recession in america and everything but what i did was try to carve little niches for myself which we talked about before too one of my biggest ones being architecture i never thought when i first started this business that hey i'm going to do a lot of architectural photography but it's something that people have to have original photography of right it's not when when they're trying to sell their building or their school or anything here in Dallas, they can't go get stock photography. Uh, they have to have pictures of of their actual business or whatever, or of their actual building. So um, it's either call me or take it themselves. And I think a lot of times they try to do the the second thing first. Uh, they try to take do, to do the pictures themselves to save money, and then they go. 
oh, this isn't going to sell anything. <laughs> right. Well, no, it made me laugh because <laughs> they called me. Well, you remind me when we were joking, oh gosh, many episodes ago about, I don't think we recorded it, but we were talking about <laughs> it'd be a stock photography wedding guy and you just make, <laughs> you make your yeah. wedding book out of people you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, and this was my wedding. Uh, it was awesome. You had your wedding in the Caribbean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that doesn't look you like your it. wife. <laughs> but no wow. you're right and it's uh it's carving the niche and I, i'm always interested too in uh it was interesting the other morning uh i was listening to the radio on the way to work and i was they uh it was sports radio and they had mark cuban on there and for whatever reason they were asking me about business stuff and they asked him about the recession and you know what do you think it's going to turn around and when guys like this are talking i usually listen it's, they'll always have an opinion whether or not you agree with it but uh right. you know and he's not a dummy and uh anyway but he was saying and there's some interesting weight to this and i don't know where this is leading us but uh he was saying that he thinks it's going to be a long time he said you know we're, we're having these band-aid fixes on things and to fix an entire economy that's been leading up to this you know we've seen it before with the internet bubble back in the 90s with oil in the 70s uh you know the 80s and and it kind of is cyclic like that but he said unfortunately we've gotten ourselves into a rut where it's going to take another big thing like an internet or some big industry that's going to push it out of it and first i thought geez that's like depressing to hear you know yeah but i think that as artists and as creatives we are a little bit on the forefront if I can arrogantly state this, of trying to find those waves and those things. And like right now, social media is hot. You know, there are people making a lot of money in social media. It's like this little micro bubble. When I was in, in France, uh, at La web, uh, it's a lot like South by Southwest and it's an entrepreneurial heavily, you know, attended conference. And there's so many people there, the Facebook and the Twitter, you know, it's like, (laughs) but that's all it was. I mean, that is like the hot thing right now. And it may be a little of a bubble itself, but if you're a photographer and you're not involved with social media on some level, I think you're really missing a boat right now. You, oh, know? you really are. And, and, and so many people are, are anti those things for whatever reason. Once again, it may be out of yeah. fear or they just don't like uh, how it interferes into their life uh, and, and how people can have such access to them or whatever. But I think at the same time that if you don't, if you don't go with where tech, it's like not having a cell phone. It's like not yeah. having a television or a computer. Um, you can reject these things. That's your prerogative but um you may get left behind and you may not know what's going on and people are going to find uh other people to go with that do have this knowledge because that's that's what they want well Um, and you're going to have a younger generation of people that are coming up right now i'm talking about kids like well not even my nephew's age i'm talking about kids that are kind of in college now that mm -hmm. they don't use email I mean, that's like they grew up with it. It's not a preferred mode of communication. They'd rather text or tweet right. where you're limited yeah. to uh, your ability to write tons of information. And it's like there's so much that people can learn from that. I mean, how many emails do you get from people that are so verbose that they're not getting to the point and they're wasting time? And right. it's hard to reply to because you don't know what they were saying and you miss something and or you get 20 emails in one day from somebody. And it's it's like there's a lot to learn from that just that uh, efficiency of information exchange you know yeah see to me and you it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of funny because like uh, when 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 facebook came along i was someone who wanted to get on facebook and 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 see what that was all about right. and as it as it grew i kind of grew with it same thing with twitter as soon as twitter twitter was out i was like wow this is cool i want to be on right. uh, i want to be t- 
tweeting and doing this and that or whatever and and, and so on and so forth with you know a, a lot of the things that I do socially and and the things that you've done socially or whatever but for a lot of people you're right right now all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden people are just like waking up and going Facebook Twitter what what's all this social media right. this is crazy what's going on I got to be a part of it and and yeah and it's kind of a it's kind of a huge deal and um for me, though, it's it's kind of just been something that's kind of just gradually been happening for the last four or five years. Well, and, I'll give you an example of something that I'm change. uncomfortable with. It's like uh-huh. um, Gowala and Foursquare. I don't want to broadcast my location. Right. And now that's something that's not necessary. Maybe. But I also, maybe. on the other hand, I kind of wonder, well, maybe there is a value that I'm just not seeing there. There's a value to somebody. Somebody's recording that data. Somebody's finding out what Ted Ford likes well, and doesn't. Unfortunately, I think that's the dark side of the internet right now is that, and I'll be honest, I mean, people, every tweet you do, every Facebook entry, I mean, you're feeding some machine somewhere. And uh, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? I've heard the name. He's a um, he's an internet celebrity, but he runs a um, video podcast on wine tasting. Uh, inc- okay, incredible person. Go check him out. And if you're listening and you don't know who he is, I'll put a link in the show notes. Just just check him out. He's he's incredible. Little, tons of enthusiasm. Anyway, the reason I'm mentioning this is he was the keynote speaker at LeWeb. and uh, some. You oh, know, I did watch him. He was he okay, was you very saw. in your face. Oh my, yes, that's, that's his deal. Curse words. Yeah, he does a lot of that too. <laughs> So do I, but yeah. Anyway, but but he was saying uh, he was the whole thing was Q and A, and he's like, "Hey, I came all the way over here, and it wasn't arrogant the way he did it. It's sounding that way, but uh, but he said, you know, what do you want to know? I want to know, ask questions. So people would get up, and they were asking him, you know, how do you find ways? Uh, Of course, you know, people who are getting into social media are really interesting the statistics side of it, like how many followers and and how do you know when? And and he said, look, he said. The value of followers, and I think this goes for photography business or just your personal work if you just like to shoot photography and you want people to see it. Um, right. But he said, okay, like my mom, if you consider her a follower, what's the value of my mother? Of course, it's invaluable, and that's not a big mm-hmm. number. you know. And he said, but don't worry. There are people out there working on it right now trying to find ways to monetize and count the freaking statistics statistics and you know just motor down and and they'll come up with something they'll come up with a way to measure it in a way that everything is worth something and it's all completely bogus if none of it's inequality and i think he's completely right on that oh you're right totally yeah that's why you just have to be passionate about what you're doing uh passionate about uh and and really you know try to make your photography better and better all the time and what you do better all the time and the product that you're putting out there and trying to sell better all the time not just get numbers because that's just ridiculous if you have a bunch of people following you, but you're not saying anything or showing anything worth anything, then it's all for nothing. I mean, like, like, let's put it in terms of like, because we have people listening to us right now, let's put it in our terms. Like, you know, yeah. we have listeners and we sit up here and for whatever reason talk supposedly once a week. And right. <laughs> <laughs> you give or take, um, unless it's a holiday. But it's like, I'm not really doing this so I can have 10 million followers or 160,000 people who follow me on Twitter. I could care less. What I'm right. interested in and what we're interested in is a conversation. And I think like the coolest thing is when people will write us or leave a comment. Or I love getting email from people who have like some story about that. It just they dig it and they like to listen to it. And that's, yeah, that's really what we really get the about. kick. 
Yeah, we, we we get the biggest kick out of that, you and I. Oh, we always um, forward them to each other. It's like, dude, check yeah. it out. Some guy's yeah, listening. Good, right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's actually listening. Yeah. <laughs> so that is nice, but we don't do it like for the celebrity of it or, or to just get a bunch of uh, followers or listeners or whatever. You're right there. We, we do it because we love talking about photography with each other, and we thought other people would like to to get in on that and listen sure. to that. And um not and uh, yeah, we don't claim to be the experts on this by any means. Uh we're kinda just right out there where a lot of people are in different stages of their uh photography life and we're just we're just talking about it and people share this passion with us. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Definitely. And, and you know, and, and things lead to other things and it's it's uh but I think, you know, maybe I'm trying to put this into terms back into photography in yeah. podcasting, but you know, if you're just, if you have a photography business, you definitely need to be involving yourself in social media. And there definitely. are a lot of people who do that, that listen to the show and do it very well. Um, yeah. and even if you're not looking to like make money as a photographer, I think it's such a powerful tool and a way of communicating. And like, for me, I'm not a writer. In fact, I'm a really bad writer. I misspell mm-hmm. things. I'm not as into it, you know. Um, but but I love making pictures, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, and even I was going to say, even on the writing deal, you know, like like even if we're not the best writers, sometimes once again, New Year solutions and things, uh, try to force yourself to to sometimes write about what you took a picture of and what's going on there or, right. or why you took it or or what you dig about what you took kind of a journaling thing kind of, yeah the, you know pictory is a great site out there that kind of forces you to do this and that i've had a few entries into and everything and and they i love submitting pictures to websites that will hopefully post them or whatever but okay. this particular one makes you write something a paragraph about what it is you took and why and it's usually within a certain subject area and so and, and that's yeah. kind of been fun and then when it's published it almost has more meaning to it it's like it, okay yeah you, there there is this photo but here were the photographer's thoughts behind it and i'll tell you uh, another thing that's really important about that too um from just like i get back into the social media you know um search engine side of things is that uh, in my talk at Loweb, if you've seen that online if you it's a long one so if you skip to the end there was some q a and somebody had asked something about uh search engines and photos and i said you know it's interesting because and i'm sitting up there with the rep from kodak so i was inspired to like pull a cheesy quote and i said that you know uh, the kodak slogan used to be a picture is worth a thousand words you know, in Google's eyes, a picture is not worth any words. And so being able to get used to doing things like metadata or descriptions or just writing about your work is really important, I think, from that aspect of getting indexed. And, and uh, if, if, if that is important to you to get lots of search engine hits, I think that's uh, – especially like if you want to go into stock photography – uh-huh. I mean, gosh, uh, you've done some work with Getty, but like people that are serious and they really like doing that because there's not a direct client involved, uh, you're gonna have to find ways to make your stuff searchable and stand out, you know, and keywording and metadata and you know writing about it. And, oh yeah, yeah, especially the metadata part. Yeah, it becomes very uh, important. You know, keywords. I mean, that's how people find my stuff on Flickr all the time, and that's how people search for stuff on Getty or on any stock photography so site. Bet. But I, I think you really hit on something there with uh, whether you, that you, once again. We always try to make this for professionals and non-professionals, sure. which is a, can be a tough thing to do. But we all have the passion of photography, and we all – I don't think that you want to take pictures, which is a visual thing, and then hide them away. Um, 
I don't know why you would want to do that unless for some reason it's just very satisfying to you. But even if you like doing that, I would say this year, (laughs) try to maybe share them with the world because it can be very rewarding. Uh, Not not as even as a pride thing or look at me thing or whatever, but you're taking something that you see and you're sharing it with the rest of the world and you're saying, what do you think about it? Do you see things the same way I do or do you see them differently or or, or whatever? And uh, this, this woman that just has come become a big sensation in the last few weeks uh, i was vivian, gonna say did you see that yeah yeah is it vivian mayer or meyer or something yeah, like that or whatever um she took all these pictures and she was like a nanny and 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 she may be one of the you know they're looking into it right now but from the, some of the photos that i've seen they're right up there with some of the best photographers of our time or of their all time awesome they're, I mean, pretty amazing yeah. black and white shots that she took with a Rolleiflex uh, over year her span of her life, and she never showed them to anyone. No, nobody knew. And, well, people knew she shot, and they knew she was into it, but she never shared her work. And basically, right. if you don't know the story, I'll, I'll tweet it out after the show. But uh, yeah. um, there's a couple of YouTube videos where they've done documentary. But anyway, this woman, she died last year, I think. Uh, she was 89, maybe, or something like that. Anyway, she was an yeah. elderly woman, uh, had slipped on ice or something and hit her head and went on downhill but anyway uh, that's how it's all going to end for all of us well, so just really happy new year well after she passed away what happened was the people she was boarding a room from uh had a bunch of her stuff and they sold a bunch of her negatives in a garage sale and a guy who was a real estate agent thought they were kind of interesting and he bought them a real young guy um so anyway he bought these negatives and he a bunch of them yeah he bought for four hundred dollars he had thousands i mean you know right and started looking at what he had and then became obsessed i mean the quality of her work is just like very consistent and extremely good and you need to go look her up because she really is worth looking at I mean it's it's an older style somewhere between Robert Frank and uh, you know somebody from that 50s 60s New York school. it's street photography yeah. mainly and people photog- people portraits in the streets and things yeah and it's it's just phenomenal anyway this guy is trying to figure out what to do with this stuff and that's the only thing that bothered me a little bit about that video is he talked about he would show him to all these museums and I don't even know what I'm sitting on I don't think he's money driven but it's kind of like eh, that'll come if you need it to, but keep that well, out of it. Well, you, know? you know, but he also knows what he has. He's discovered a a, a treasure. He's legitimately passionate about it. And, yeah, yeah, and and, and he, he went out and he found all the other people that bought all the other photos from that same sale after he had bought what <laughs> yeah, he had. He sought and it out and he bought all of theirs. Yeah. So he has the entire collection now, and I'm sure this will. I'm. Sh- I, from everything that I've seen, this will be a, a huge hit. She will go down in history, uh, and and she and one of the crazy things will be is that no one in her time ever saw any of these pictures, including which her. It's right into in, yeah. I mean, she, right? She never even that made had prints made of a, a lot, lot of them. Uh, yeah, she had a f- she just slides and and negatives after uh, just thousands and thousands. Of, I think of it negatives. was largely that. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. So share it with the world, man. We want to see it. We want to see this stuff. What's interesting, too, because historically that happens a lot. Um, There are people like, I mean, you know, with classical music, like J.S. Bach, he died Mm -hmm. in obscurity. I mean, I think he did fairly well working for churches, but it wasn't until Mendelssohn rediscovered him in the 19th century that that anybody knew about him. You know, so Uh that's happened in visual art music where somebody's discovered much later after their death. But, you know, along those lines, though, I I agree with what you're saying. Um, 
you know, back to, I talk about Seth Godin a lot, and I'm actually not reading it right now, but it reminds me of a statement that he made uh, in Lynchpin, uh, one of his books, that, that he said that's what defines us as artists is that we have a gift to share. And we yeah. don't do it for monetary reasons. Some, some people are compensated, but that's not your drive for doing it, and that's what no. a real artist is, you know? No. If you're compensated for what you do on top of everything else, that's great. If, sure. Well, if you're trying to make a living at it like I am, being compensated is necessary. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah. that's not why I'm a photographer right now. No. That's not why I quit being a graphic designer after being a graphic designer for 10 years to become a photographer. I didn't do it for the money. I had no idea what I was doing. I was kind of jumping into a black hole. But I was saying, I really love doing that. That gives me a lot of pleasure. I have a major passion for that. Uh, that's what I want to do at least for the good next portion of my life and we'll see where it goes right and i did it and um yeah and, and so that's why you do it the passion well love, I, I think that's I'll- fair to say and i imagine most people listening um who are professional photographers would agree with that i mean you know if you're in it for the money going to something that's easier man it's hard to make money as a photographer right exactly it really is yeah, yeah or an artist or anything if, if you can do, yeah, as any kind of artist really uh, i mean you could say that as an actor as a musician oh, as yeah as a designer as a video guy all these things are, are really tough there there's a lot of people with a lot of talent out there once you get into the pool um you're like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by a million other people with talent. Um, but but the cream of the crop, you know, will rise. And if you really push yourself and 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 you know, you can you can be good and and you can get better. Well, it's so, all part of the drive of anything. And and one of the points that Seth's making in that book. And I swear I'm not evangelizing Seth, but no, um, but he is awesome. He if you don't follow, if you haven't read any of his books, he has a daily blog which he tweets. Yeah, follow uh, him on the Twitter. I get, I, get, I get his Twitter every day, and it kind of takes me to his blog, and he just comes up with, like, crazy, awesome things. I guess he just wakes up and just has epiphanies. The rest <laughs> of the- but he'll just say just things that just kind of blow you away every day, and you're like, you just woke up and thought of this? Well, Lynchpin <laughs> is a really interesting book, and it's the last one that I read, and I actually haven't finished it. It's really long, um, and I read really slow. But, uh, you know, he's talking in there that, like, and I think this applies, like, let's say that maybe you're listening to this podcast and you do something else for a living and you just do photography because you love it. Whatever you do, you have the option of being an artist at it. And he uses a lot of examples in that book, and I'll bring a controversial one up now. Like Steve Jobs, you can consider him an artist. He has a vision. He has a drive. He has something that he wants to share with the world. Now, it's not traditional painting it's not photography it's not music but it's but we love it electronics absolutely right. he's driven he's uh, i don't know the man but i've heard he's quite a tyrant um kind of a jackass at times but but he's got this vision you know right and i mean the guy's on top of the world as far as technology goes it's uh love him or hate him. something that i was thinking about the other day with you saying that i was watching a show on what's the facebook guy's name uh mark zuckerberg Mike Zuckerberg. I was watching a Facebook thing on the Bloomberg channel or whatever okay. on him, and he's kind of you know like another Steve Jobs or whatever. And you're kind of thinking back. You're kind of taking yourself out of this time and, and taking yourself a hundred years or two hundred years from now. And people are are you know whatever the iPad is then you know in in schools reading about now. Right. And we're living in the time that everything changed. 
technology wise sure uh, film changed into digital uh and everything with the, the home phone and home phone lines and everything changed to a little device that you hold in your hand that has a that's a smartphone that has a screen and then into ipads and, and books and magazines and 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 newspapers going out of business and and going digital um dallas morning news just just off just started offering a digital version full digital version of, of their mag- along with every other newspaper in, in the nation and the world eventually um, and it's just kind of mind blowing when you think of this. It's like you know, it's like you're kind of blown away when you think back in time when your grandparents, or whatever, were were there when you know World War One or Two was going on or something right. that is in every part of history now. Well, this is the kind of this is the part of history that we live in now. Yeah, is yeah. the this this technology revolution, and so it, photography is just as big as part of that is is any of the rest of it it's totally been no changed. question hands down yeah 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 i mean your medium changes but i mean i think i think the lesson you can learn is look at the music industry that fried itself over the last 15 20 years um you know where they got into practices of suing their customers and yeah. know, treating it as us against them and they didn't look for another way to do it and there's so many ways you can look at this a lot of people or i've read a lot of articles that are photography based that think because of social media because of this uh, evaporation of print um that photography is not relevant or maybe photojournalism is dead i i couldn't disagree more i think I, it is more in demand than ever you know right. especially if you're a news photographer i mean it takes a certain personality to want to travel the world and get into hairy situations to get key shots but they're talking about a lot of citizen journalism and things like that taking over and it will never completely take over that you know no, because there's always going to be this certain level of talent that is the top talent that yeah. everybody really wants to see and hear and and listen to. And whether whether it's a movie director or whether you're a radio personality or whether you're a top photographer or a top writer, just because everybody in the rest of the world can write a blog doesn't mean that <laughs> right. that's going to kill. That's going to kill. Steve, Stephen King's and, over. We don't need right, him no, yeah. yeah, just and just because everybody has a has a has a phone with a camera on it and is buying a DSLR, that doesn't mean that the top photographers in the world are not going to be needed anymore. That's right, ridiculous. Right. But you see, you really do see the fear in in professional photographers. Or um, yeah, I I talk to professional photographers all the time, and there's this kind of this fear, especially in, in some of the older crowd. This is like, well, it's kind of ruined. Now everybody has a camera. Everybody has a phone with a camera. Uh, there's just this huge pool of images now, and yeah, it's a huge pool of crap. Yeah. So I, you have nothing to worry about if, unless you're worried about your talent. You know. I, I understand uh, the frustration, but I, I also think it's like, dude, it's time to freaking up your game. Is what it right, is. Exactly. You know? And people are scared of upping their game, and, and people. Sure, are, I am. It's hard. <laughs> and, and would rather just say, "Well, I'm having hard times because it's that." that person's fault and in this case it's the fault of the young generation oh, it's easy to blame oh yeah i mean we could yeah exactly yeah oh, so we're gonna be mad at everybody because they love taking pictures and it's easy to do it now no and that like, that's, that's kind of ridiculous who was yeah. it the other day uh well not the other day it was a couple months ago um the president of magnum and i can't remember who it is right now had had said you the current president or one of the recent ones that said that oh he declared a date that that uh photojournalism died and you know, it's interesting because a company like Magnum that's been on top of that for years and years, again, they're just like everybody else. They've got to adapt to the change. Uh, right. You have a big, long run. It doesn't mean you're invincible. And, you know, right now, I think the dust is settling. And the problem I've always had, even with web design, with clients when I was doing that years ago, is that you 
you have this perception where people think that because it's the internet and they're sold this by AT&T and all these people that everything is cheap, quick and instant. And right. they equate that with anything that's internet related. So if you need photos for your website, oh, there's got to be a site online. I can get these for two cents a piece. And you know what? And there are. There is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> but do you want to get your pictures there? Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to see them somewhere Sometimes. else. They blow to begin with. I mean, there's there's all sorts of reasons not to. The dust is still of, settling. I can think of one model in general right now that I've seen on about 20 million websites. It's uh-huh. like the office girl. <laughs> I need a picture of a corporate office girl. I can, I can tell you what she looks like in my head right now. She's got a firm because, handshake and uh, <laughs> stiletto heels. And, because everyone has used her for two cents. Sure. For t- yeah. Exactly. Same photographer probably too. But, yeah. but, you know, the dust is still clearing on that. And, and see, but here's the important part. is like if you are interested in pursuing photography, now is the time to be setting yourself up for that. And, you know, I think the – what I always remember is when I came out of college, we were going right into the tech boom, and I worked for some tech companies for a while. That's how I started. And mm-hmm. I remember when it was kind of over, I remember looking back on it thinking, gosh, if I knew it was going to bubble like it did, of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, I would have right. skipped college, gone straight into it, worked my ass off and hung out with a bunch of computer nerds and, and made a fortune and then done that later. The thing sure. is, is you don't know that going in. But here's yeah. the moral that you can and so you were following from. your passion at the time, which was music. Oh, sure. But yeah. what you can learn from that is that once something is in full swing, it's a little too late to jump onto it um, from a right. business perspective. So like right now, um, you know, I think I think you can equate this to like the iPhone. The iPhone's huge, and how many iPhone killers do you see coming out now? And they don't Every make week it. Be- they talk about they talk about an iPhone killer. It's too it late. Doesn't kill it exactly. Yeah. What no, somebody iPhone- would be smart to do is do something that's not trying to kill something, but trying to do something unique that people can actually use. Then Top they'll it succeed. Might be something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is what no, Apple you're, did. You're totally right. Yeah, you can't you can't come in and try to do something. And it's so funny now. A lot of businessmen and and, and things will come in now, and uh, you, I just read about these things, and they're like, "I want a site that's a lot like Twitter. I want a site that's kind of a Facebook thing." Well, you know, it's never going to be Facebook now. Facebook is done. It'll be a Facebook it, it, thing. Twitter's done. That, that's that's who's in, that's who's going to lead that now. Yeah, they're already so, on. Yep. If you want to do something, you better do something else. Or something just totally revolutionary in some other way because you're not going to out Twitter Twitter. And I think that let's come back around to photography sure. once, once more. Is uh, I've been listening to a lot of these creative lives and Kelby trainings, and there's this one uh, photographer specifically that I've talked about before, uh, Jeremy Cowart, who is a young guy who's only been professionally taking pictures for about you know five seven years or something like that. He comes from a graphic design background too. Yeah, I know who and, he is. Uh, yeah, an interesting guy. Yeah. And and he was just, he was just kind of saying the same things you know that we are right now that um, that you know photography is is what were we just talking about? Well, we were talking about uh, <laughs> too late to be. Uh, it, well, yeah, it's like once something is is gained momentum, you're not going to outdo it. Right. Okay. Sorry, yeah. totally lost my train of thought. Sorry, right. but he, he yeah he was just saying that if if by, if you're taking pictures that everybody else is taking. That you're just going to become one of a million. If if you're if if something is hot right now, and so you're going to jump on that bandwagon to be hot, yeah. um, then then your pictures are just going to mix in with the crowd of hotness uh, and, and probably go nowhere. It, you need we need to be constantly be uh, challenging ourselves to do something new. Yeah, I couldn't uh, agree do something more. Something new with photography, uh, and and that is you know what will set you apart from from everyone else. And so that means that you have to take risks. 
uh, which a lot of people won't do. They'll just do whatever is safe and whatever is trendy and whatever is hot instead of really going out there and putting it out on the line and, and having possibly people say, well, it's crap. Um, because when people are possibly saying it's crap and some people are saying it's amazing, that's when you have maybe you probably have something going on that's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. And I think another way you can look at it is like this from a financial or economic standpoint is let's say that like you have somebody who's really the hot photographer right now. You know, yeah. make up a name, Bob. And Bob's awesome. <laughs> Bob rules. Bob works for National Geographic. He's insanely right. good. Or here's an use Steve McCurry as an example. He's a classic totally. National Geographic. You yeah. shoot as good or better than Steve McCurry. The only way you're going to outdo him is if you work cheaper. And then you get into the race to the bottom. And that's right. not where anybody wants to go. You know? Yeah. You'll peter out. It won't go anywhere. It's, you know. Yeah, so you have to do your own thing. You have to come up with something new, and so you have to. It's it's hard. You have to challenge it's yourself. Work, yeah, and you can come up with every kind of excuse in the world you want to. Everything you can say stuff like everything's been done. Maybe it has, but why are people doing new stuff all the time? Then um, it, there, there's everyone in the world out there doing it, so it's just oversaturated. Yeah, but people still want the best. And people are still going to buy the best and purchase the best and go with the best. And so um, you, there will just always be... You've got to be the that, best. Yeah, so you've got to be the best. And, and I think that's the sad thing is that I've, I, I see a lot of people out there in a lot of different things that have a lot of talent, but they give up out of fear. And I don't think that you can let fear be that you can. I mean, we've all dealt with this in one way or another, whether it's just been one morning or a week that you dealt with it or here and there times in your life with certain things that when they got hard or when the money wasn't coming in or whatever. Yeah. But uh, don't give up. Just don't give up and just keep going and don't let the fear get you. And um, because if you have talent, it can be refined and you can become better but i see people with this great talent and they give up because they see how many other contenders there are out there and how many other people have talent and maybe somebody's better at social networking or whatever and so they give up yeah. and that's sad you know that's sad because because uh, they're good yeah and you gotta yeah. find you just gotta figure it out it's yeah you gotta just figure it out and just keep going and keep pushing through you know whatever the hard time is or even it's sometimes it's just mentally hard it might not even nothing may even be that wrong it just, right it's a mental thing you have to push through maybe you haven't taken pictures in a while so you feel like you're in a rut or a funk well the quickest thing to get you out of that is to go out there and 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 start a project or just or just if you can't even think of a project even if you've got that much of a clot going just pick up your camera and leave the house uh, <laughs> sure. And don't do anything. Uh, I remember Chase Jarvis had an interesting blog post a long time ago, and I remember he said one of the things he likes to do is just put the thing down and get away from it. Yeah, you know, and and it was kind of like this, like, well, okay, that's interesting. And he was like, yeah, but it makes you miss it, and it makes you start thinking about it all the time. And sometimes you're so busy being caught up in the moment that you uh, you're not thinking outside that box. I hate that phrase but you know what i mean it's it's uh, no yeah well, you're, you're talking about like maybe more like a specific project i mean we do that a lot of times with design or website or photography stuff sure. if you're too involved in it sometimes you got to step away and take a breather oh and no question and then come back you need distance yeah yeah you're too close to it and you're burnt out and you can't think clearly within it and and right. photography is the same way i mean i i I think my own work suffers from that from time to time. Well, you know, sometimes you'll get on a real roll, and then for yeah. whatever reason, you're drying up, and uh, it's just hard to think outside of that when you're on it. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the that's, the op- yeah. that's the opposite thing of kind of being rusty is being burned out. Yeah, that's uh, what it is. If you're, not, if you're not doing it enough, you can get rusty feeling uh, and feel inadequate and feel like you're not staying staying up with the latest and greatest and, and you know, you're not a competitor. Right. If you do it too much, you can feel burnout and you can be like, oh, where's the passion gone? I need the passion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. You got, you ha- yeah, it, 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 you have to maintain this, this balance in your life. Well, you've got to uh, find that passion and it has nothing to do with how you're doing financially. These are all things that can affect you and burn you out. I mean, it's really right. easy to get depressed when you can't pay the bills and you want to be a photographer. Right. Um, right. But yeah, you got you to gotta get rid of that. Um, now I'm forgetting what I'm saying, but... Well, one thing that we get on a roll, it's so intense. <laughs> we both have early onset Alzheimer's. But, uh, I think so. no, Who are you? This is how rusty we are because we've we've been off the we've been off do, doing this for a while. So now we're rusty. Exactly. At least burn out. <laughs> we need more beer. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, I mean that is the that, thing. You, it's oh, I remember what I was going to say. It has nothing to do with your financial situation, and and even more dangerous especially if you are pursuing social media, it has nothing to do with the number of followers you have. It has nothing to do with how many times you get retweeted or your blog gets picked up. It has nothing to do with any of that. Those That's all just like icing. You know, you've got to work on the cake. You've got to work like on that? the cake. Yeah, I came I like, up with that. I like, you've got to work on the cake. It's really stupid, um, but yeah. That is, coming back around to the New Year's resolution thing mm-hmm. uh, with photography and everything, the, the one thing that I've been really thinking a lot, in, in, and I really want to push people to watch these Kelby training videos and these creative live videos that are uh, – the creative live videos, I've mentioned these before. If you watch them live – it's creativelive.com, and if you watch them live, they're free. Right. Um, and there's a schedule, and, and it can, it, it's, a, it's a multitude of topics uh, for, on all kinds of photography to video to Photoshop to, to Lightroom to just everything there. And they have these great photographers on there, professional photographers that come on and talk about wedding photography and actually do shoots. And like Jeremy Cowart came on there, and he did all kinds of weird experimental stuff with light and shows how he shoots like bands and stuff like that. I mean, this is... This is, you know, like free school. This is like free college <laughs> yeah. classes. It's better than college classes because uh, these are professors that are working, you know, in the field. Um, and it's a side of them you probably won't see outside of that, which is right. You know. Yeah, and the, and then the Kelby training is the same thing. You have to pay for it. It's a monthly fee, but it's like twenty four dollars. You can watch as many videos as you want, but they're you know anywhere from an hour to four hours worth of stuff. Yeah, subscription based uh, content. Yeah, yeah, and it's just great stuff that keeps you inspired and. Um, one of the things that has kept me thinking about this year, what that I want to do, is that for the first two years, uh, in in the beginning, before I would, did this professionally full time, I took a lot of creative um, chances with everything because what the heck? What do I care? It's it's my stuff. I'm going to shoot with all kinds of camera, all kinds of films. I'm going to shoot with my phone. I'm going to uh, shoot every kind of subject and topic in the world and this and that or whatever. And that's great. You want to stay in that mind frame your whole career if you can. But once you start shooting professionally, you can get out of that and you can start going kind of a lot of times with what's safe because you're doing things for big clients um, that are paying you money and so you don't want to screw it up. Uh, you, you can start thinking like that sometimes. I don't want to screw this up. I want to do what's safe. I want to maybe do what's been done before. I want to do what they're expecting um, so that they don't get angry and I get paid and these kind of things. And that's all good. But my New Year's resolution, I think, this year is to be more creative and to, and, and to go outside of that box 
uh, and and to to get experimental. I'm going to go ahead and shoot what the client wants, and then I'm going to make extra time or or have time left over to shoot what I want and how sure. I think it should look. If not, if if it's only for my own book or whatever. But most of the time, if it's something that's awesome, you know, maybe it's going to turn out horrible. Whatever, maybe it turns out great, and you've got something to show them that they weren't even expecting. But you're resolving to take that risk. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I, yeah. that's what I'm going to try to do this year is kind of get out of my little comfort zone and the things that I've learned that they like always and that's a smart idea. Uh, yeah, new angles, new ways of of coming up with things, different poses, even if it's kind of weird and uncomfortable for everybody in the room. Let's try this. Oh, you meant and, for the model? I thought you meant for you. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I'm going to be standing on my head. I'm going to be in a weird pose. The, uh, I'm going to be having no pants. The model's going to have some weirdness going on, and uh, it's going to be taken from a weird angle with with a pinhole camera. And I think we're going to get something cool. <laughs> You're but, no, go. but that's what I'm. That's what I want to do. You know, yeah, I think this good. year is is get out of my comfort zone. And I, but I think that's something we should all be trying to do all the time is get out of our little comfort zones because we all like to get down in that little comfort zone and stay there if we can it's comfortable it's comfortable i like it's it's warm (laughs) and this time of year that's important (laughs) we were down there we're eating we're drinking we're having a good time but you got to get out of it we've come full circle dude that's what i like to do i i like it i dig well no we we still have to do the picks of the week do you got anything um i do yeah uh one thing that you kind of posted that i that i picked up on was that camera plus for the iphone yeah that that's a very cool app it's a great and, app yeah uh, i use my hipstamatic all the time uh you know for taking pictures because that's a cool app too and i've always pushed that and speaking of that one of my pictures got into a, a hipstamatic show oh sweet uh, if you go to hipstamatic.com or you join hipstamatic group on facebook or any of these things you can see the show but it's at the orange dot gallery or something like that in london cool and they're gonna have like 200 pictures uh that they pulled from people that posted to their site over the last since the app's been out for hipstamatic and they're gonna um they're gonna have this whole gallery they're gonna send all of us artists a print and they're even gonna put you know if you're interested in in purchasing a print uh here's the information to contact the artist or whatever so it's a it's gonna be a very cool deal that's awesome and, dude and that's what can happen with just simple camera phone pictures yeah uh so that's that they're in galleries in london cool. so who knew that that could happen but but, camera but plus. the camera plus phone app is very cool too you can get um it just kind of takes your your camera phone the the camera that you had on it that came with it to the next level uh there's all kinds of filters there's kind of autocorrect for uh for the lighting um cropping um you can focus get a better focus in certain areas and things like that so um, the, the coolest thing i like about it and and the when the, the need i have to 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 open that on the phone is sometimes you know everything's automatic on the iphone which is right. you know it's fine but uh, sometimes you're in a situation where it's blowing out highlights and or you want the mm-hmm. focal point to be in the shadows or something like that, so you need to make a choice. And what's cool is the way they've done the interface with the multi-touch. And so if you hold yes. it with two hands, yeah, you put your first finger down, and that's where the focus is going to be. And then the second finger is an exposure. And so you're kind of like touching it in two places. So you can move that exposure sensitivity down into the shadows if you need those to be exposed or back up into the highlights if that's not bright enough or, you know... It, it's yeah, that's really that. cool. I was just blown away when I could touch the screen and it would focus on whatever I, it was in the in the 
photo in the frame that I was touching. I was like, oh, cool. Well, you now, couldn't even do that before. It was just kind of auto-focusing on, on whatever it thought was important. The you know? iPhone 4 will do that, but it won't do the exposure thing. And that's the Yeah, the, the exposure thing is super cool, too, because you're right. You can If there's a TV in the room that's really bright, but you're kind right. of wanting to focus on the dresser, which is a dark area of the room, you can touch over there on that dresser, and you know it will that will lighten up. Well, and, the other and, nice thing is like you can touch and move it around, and the iPhone, it's just a different sensitivity in the camera app when you're trying to do stuff like that. But yeah, adjusting that focus is like it's primo, man. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, so that, I, that's my pick. I Ninety-nine that cents well, App Store. That's yep. something. Yeah, that I've been playing around with and taking more pictures with now. And I also like how um, all the different effects that automatically come with it, kind of like you know Lightroom effects or whatever, where you can go retro or oh, or, yeah, vintage, yeah, yeah. or add a cool border or, or whatever, kind of just quickly do some cool things to make it look a little bit cooler, and, and that's nice. Totally awesome stuff. Yeah. My pick of the week is, and this maybe isn't fair because I've already picked it on my other podcast, but um, my last art of photography podcast, I did a little thing on a Japanese photographer named Hiroshi Sujimoto. Right. And uh, when I was in Paris, I was at the Pompidou, and they have a really, You really, were in Paris at the Pompidou? I was at the Pompidou, and they have an <laughs> awesome bookstore. Um, I mean, it's a great museum, too. Uh, uh-huh. But their bookstore, just like, I mean, photography book paradise. I mean, my weakness. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm going to go broke, and I don't have enough luggage. You know? um, but anyway, <laughs> I, if they, I had not seen, the, and I think it's new, but they had two Sujimoto books. And it's like, I need these. But they were real expensive and money conversion and all that. So yeah. I looked them up on Amazon and I waited and I got them when I got home. They were a little bit cheaper, but, uh, but there are two books. There's one uh, specifically deals with architecture shots and then the kind of um, collaborations they did with sculptor Richard Serra. And these are the, if you're familiar with his work, if you're not familiar with his work, go watch my last podcast and you'll um, learn all about him. But uh, he does uh, this thing with a view camera where you know, on paper, if if you have if you focus at infinity, right? You know, you're shooting mm-hmm. a landscape. Everything's in focus technically. And on paper, well, what happens if you double infinity? Wouldn't it be even more in focus? And or would it focus beyond? So he has a view camera set up to focus at double infinity. And these photos right. are a bit of an acquired taste because they look like blurry photos. Um, I love them, but uh, not everybody does. Double That's infinity like, means that everything just goes blurry. Yeah, it's a weird blur though. Um, <laughs> it's it's hard to. I mean, you're not going to get the same look just with an SLR just pulling it out of focus. It's yeah. I've tried it. it it's like oh, I'm going to do the Sujimoto thing, and it doesn't work. It's not you know. How do you- Go to double infinity and beyond. You have to take the focal length, and then uh, then you double it essentially. Oh. And it, Sujimoto's an odd dude, and he works in. I've seen these photos you're talking about, though, because I remember Sujimoto's blurry photos. That yeah. I've seen. he he splits his time between New York and uh, I think Tokyo and Japan, and he's. Uh, there's some interview footage you can find, but he doesn't really go into the technical details of the process. And I think because he's a fine artist, it doesn't matter too much. But so, right. and and it, you know, what we're cracking the code. I don't want to be Sujimoto Jr. I'm very influenced by him. But but uh, but anyway, the other book is more of a complete monograph, and it's got a little of everything in it. He did a series of um, oh, it's kind of this tribute to the past masters these old renaissance paintings where he shot these big celebrities like king henry the eighth and it mm-hmm. went all the way up to sigmund freud well they're all shot they're they're wax people and you don't know that it oh wow but they're very very cool there's a whole series he did on and you know i think one of the more fascinating things about him and these are these are all in focus by the way um but uh, <laughs> he has this way of getting a sense of time 
into his photographs. And so, for instance, there's a ton of portraits that he's done of movie theaters, and you just see a white screen. But the portrait is taken. He figures out what the exposure is going to be for the length of the film. So it's an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's the portrait. It's like a portrait of a movie. Oh, wow. It just so goes the screen's always blown out wide yeah. because of the exposure, but it exposes the rest of the theater. You get odd shadows and stuff in the rest of the theater. And cool. it, high concept, obviously, but very neat. Uh, there's another one where he's done a series of candles. And what he, what he did was he kind of got the idea of looking at a candle, but you black out the room, you open up the window, let the wind blow a little bit, and he takes like a six-hour exposure, however long it takes for the candle to burn down, and you end up with this weird abstract with all the places the flame had moved. And, you know, he's just oh, stuff oh. with lightning. Anyway, these books are fabulous. You can get them both on Amazon, and they were considerably cheaper than buying them. Would you say this guy land. is taking chances oh, in his my, life? That's why I brought that up. Talk career. Yeah. No question. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, the reason I picked him in the last podcast, and I'd, I'd wanted to do this for a while, but I had to do Fox Talbot first. And Fox Talbot was one of the earliest photographers. He's kind of... It's arguable about who actually came up with it first, because uh, you have Daguerre, who was working on the but Daguerre he's one type. Of the- originators of yeah. photography. I mean, w- exactly the same time, you have Louis Daguerre, who was working on uh, the Daguerre, he became the Daguerreotype, uh, mm-hmm. and working on that process. He comes public with it. At the same time, Fox Talbot was doing the same process. And he was like, oh my. And this is interesting, because it parallels what you see tech companies do today, but Daguerre yeah. came out with like this show, and it was basically like, okay, here's all the photos. A photo is able, I mean, I'm able to make one, but he didn't release any process, any details, anything like that. And so Fox Talbot comes along and said, I'll beat him to it and open sources the thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, here's it's Microsoft how I did it. and Apple. It kind of is in some ways. It's really <laughs> interesting. So they're kind of both credited and probably should be both credited. Um, yeah. Slightly different types of process. But anyway, Fox Talbot did a lot of what he called uh, photogenic drawings, which are basically photograms, where it's a light-sensitive piece of paper, and you make a photo negative based on that. Mm-hmm. You put things on top of it. So there's lace, right. tree, or trees, uh, you know, leaves, uh, flowers, things I've like seen, that. I've uh, seen. You've done some. Yeah. And yeah. so anyway, uh, Sujimoto, one of his more recent series that he's done, and he doesn't go into detail about how he came across them, but he collects some of Talbot's original negatives, and then he's done prints from them. And I don't know much about the process because a lot of these are paper negatives, and it's like, okay, if you're going to use a darkroom, how does that work? But anyway, his whole idea is that Fox Talbot came along at the very beginning, and what would it be like now with several hundred years of photography how would that differ? So he's printing them as if what would Fox probably be doing? It's kind of, again, highly conceptual, but in some of these are prints that, that Talbot was never able to make. So anyway, it's That's an interesting cool, project. So I wanted to do those two guys as bookends. So there's two podcasts. There's one after the next and, and it's easy to find, uh, Talbot books, but uh, Sujimoto is another story. But um, yeah, it's, like we said before, it's just awesome to to learn the history to kind of know where how yeah. we got where we are today. If you want to see those prints, uh, they are on his website. It's sujimotohiroshi dot com. Um, and if you don't know how to spell story. that, you're out of luck. Yep, you're you're hosed. <laughs> you know, you're up. <laughs> or go, or just go to Ted's site. Well, and- that's about all we got for today. You got anything else? Um, I was just going to ask you if you got anything cool for Christmas. No, Cole. No, that was no bad this year. Uh, really? No, I really didn't. Something? Um, no, no, no fancy video gear, lighting no. equipment? No. Did you? 
Uh, the only thing that I bought myself was a new uh, Last of Light softbox for my uh, nice. flashes, which is why I was asking, which is very cool. All the stuff from Last of Light is very cool. And yeah, they, nice they start making these softboxes called uh, Easy easy Boxes, and they can just uh, uh, fit on the, your stand. You put your flash in there, and it's a big 24-inch softbox that takes your flash and converts it into a you know big huge soft light so that's awesome um, I, haven't, I haven't even had a chance to use it yet the only thing i've done since christmas is put it together but i can't wait to take some portraits and stuff with it because totally. it's going to be yeah I, I use umbrellas and stuff like that a lot because i do a lot of off-camera flash but um this is going to be fun now that i have a couple of different size soft boxes to work with so with you get more control awesome. than you will with the umbrella sometimes but yeah yeah and, and you're not going to get that spill off the sides and everything like that or whatever you can control that's it in there, very so. cool man yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be cool, and um, you know who Pat Summerall is, right? The, oh yeah, the uh, um, NFL announced former the, NFL commentator. For, he was all, he was on the Cotton Bowl the other day, though announcing I think or whatever A and M and um, uh, LSU. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he was partly he was on the field doing some commentary. Anyway, I'm gonna be at his house. Uh, cool. A few weeks from now, whatever, doing a little photography gig over there. I think he's having some people over for the Super Bowl. And through a photographer that he hired that's hired me to be there to take some portraits, uh, I might use my new Easy Box on Pat Summerall's Dude, face. Dude, that's completely cool. Yeah. So, so you're going to, like, sit next to him on the couch and, like, stuff your face with, like, you know, ch- Well, chips he's going to be stuff. on the couch, and what I'm going to do is kind of slowly come over his head <laughs> with the softbox and camera from, like, both sides. And, uh, and then just uh, there will be a bright flash. And he'll be stunned. He'll be putting a chip and, in his uh, mouth, and and then I'll just I'll just run. Dude, I'll, that's someone cool. Will the, someone will be in the car with the car running, and I'll just jump in the window, and and they'll take off. Uh, it's just the way to handle. You said you were going to get experimental. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be like paparazzi, <laughs> vexing the client. Yeah, it's this post paparazzi theme. That Speaking I've got of, going. one last thing before yeah. we go, I may have mentioned this before, but I can't remember the last time we had a show. Uh, there's a cool documentary out called Break Break His Camera. Uh, did I mention that before? No, huh. Okay, there's a cool documentary out. You can get it on Netflix or rent it various places or whatever. It's called Break His Camera, and it's about a famous paparazzi guy, one of the most famous paparazzi guys of all time, how the word paparazzi got its name and, and uh, where that has gone in today's culture hmm. and uh, how they see it as what they do. But then, of course, how actors and people who are followed around by paparazzi see it. And it's a very interesting thing all the way around. What are legal boundaries for photographers and things like that? in this day and time and stuff and when is it when is it okay and when is it uh you know crossing the boundary and ruining someone's life so um very interesting. you get that yeah, on netflix yeah you can get that on netflix so check it out i think uh, you can well, it in, it's an instant one so. okay i lied earlier i did buy an apple tv around christmas time oh sweet i knew you would do something i, I bought That's two I well it wasn't photography related i bought two of them i bought one for my parents and uh, i thought well i'm gonna go ahead and get one for me too <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's still Dude, it rules. But I have the Netflix hooked into it, so um, awesome. Yeah, so you can get the instant streaming, and I think this this uh, smashes camera is is one of the instant streaming. Did you, you guys have an Apple TV? We don't, but we have. I have an Xbox 360, and that's what oh, we get our, really need our, it, our yeah. Netbox, or our, our, our Netbox, my Netflix yeah, Netbox. Um, <laughs> you know, I I'm used to use a lap- I'm going to Netbox real quick. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I used to use. I have a, a a laptop I don't use in heavy rotation as much, and it sits next to the TV. So I hooked that up at one point, uh-huh. and it worked. But man, just having that compact little Apple TV on there, it's like, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then the the one last thing after the one last thing that I wanted to. Oh, I have one last thing, thing too. So keep going. 
okay, okay. At this point, people can just be taking off their headphones or whatever they're doing. Yeah, um, like you got shut Lady, up. Lady Gaga, you know, as part of oh, Polaroid. Oh, God, company. yes. Now, and she, uh, they came out with some glasses the other day. Nice. That have, they have a camera in them. And uh, I don't know. I haven't really read much about it or seen much about it yet or whatever. I'm think, But I'm thinking this could possibly be kind of pretty cool if you could at some point wear around some, you know, inconspicuous glasses. They're not and, inconspicuous, dude. Well, not the ones they have now, no. They're they look like, the like first, her. I mean. They're, they, they're like the first generation of everything. They're like the first car phone. Okay. It was like the size of the car. That's what's on. That's what the glasses are on your face right now. So people are going to see them. Like, what is he wearing? It's like a helmet. But no, when they finally do get down to just being some Ray Bans with a camera in them, that might be. I thought that that could be maybe pretty cool because talk about taking street photography to like another level. I mean, you're not going to even have a camera in your hands. You can just actually walk up to people and be like, you walk up to people and say, "I'm Lady Gaga." I'm Lady Gaga. A classy company like Polaroid has hired me to be their creative director. In quotes. (laughs) Not that she came up with it, and someone else is doing this too. I, I saw not only Lady Gaga, but some other company too. But the not so much Lady Gaga because, right, I'm not a fan. But uh, Polaroid <laughs> and a fan of, and the whole glasses concept, I think, could be cool just because it's so. Kinda Dude, Polaroid! Imp- oh, you got a sensitive topic. topic. That that company yeah. screwed itself years ago, and yeah. it's like trying to claw its way back with stupid. I, I, I should just be nice. I agree with you. <laughs> They need something slightly more subtle, and it could be interesting with the glasses. Could, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm just saying, once it gets down to being like some Ray Bans or whatever that have a camera in them, I I probably will buy a pair. Yeah. But um, when the CEO that tipped it is in prison, you gotta <laughs> make sense, douchebag. Sorry, I think we just lost our clean rating. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Tom Peterson is his name. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy who. He's doing time at the moment and destroyed yeah. Polaroid for the most part. What what yeah. more annoyingly about it though? Is I thought being, that was a joke when I heard that Lady Gaga was a part of. Uh, it is Polaroid a joke. It's a complete joke. What, I don't know what she has to do with. It's a, it's a joke. It's not funny. Um, yeah. No, they're serious. And did you see her at the stage at CES? CES, CES, and she made some comment like. Oh, I just had to roll up my sleeves, jump in, design the shit myself. And I'm thinking, God, can you imagine being one of those engineers at Polaroid? How insulting <laughs> and insidious, you know. I mean, <laughs> she's got this weird Bowie thing going on musically, and I can kind of... But it's like, okay, look, you're not an engineer, lady. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what she has to do with photography, but um, I don't know. I don't mean to go all dark on your thing you brought no, up. No, 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 no. I just think the glasses idea could be cool as far as like street photography. I think that, sure. that could one day, if it could be something you could wear that people don't know that you have a camera and you could be walking up and down the streets, you could maybe get some cool in your face shots be because people don't, you know, people don't know you're taking a picture. But, Sweet. Yeah. But Lady Gaga sucks. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love her. She's awesome. Um, she's humble. She's subtle. She is. She, I was going to say she's, she's cute, but I can't tell. She's sweet. Yeah. She's odd, and dude. She's odd. She's strange. <laughs> Some Lady Gaga fan is just, just, is just like trashing their room right now. You're like, I can't listen to these guys anymore. I love Gaga. They're going off on the lady. Why did it have oh, to go God. here? Yeah. Why did I have to listen to the last five minutes of this show? Yeah, I never thought on a, I'd, I'd one day you know, be a co-host on a photography show on this I'm thing called the Internet, out. slamming the creative director of, of Polaroid, of all things. But <laughs> you know, Actually, uh, there is a rumor that Polaroid now, 
the you know Polaroid's just a name. They don't actually make mm-hmm. anything there. They outsource everything. But they uh, now that they've seen Impossible Project and Fuji and some of these companies, uh, they are going to start remaking something. I read this last right, night. Right, because they're they're making instant film again. Right. I have no faith in Polaroid at all. Zero. Sorry, I'm. I'm this no, is a very touchy pol- subject. But, but the Polaroid, I can tell. You, you, you can cry about it when the show's over. But uh, other people are making instant <laughs> film now, correct? Uh, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. It's out there. Um, if people. you have I mean, like I, an I old, I hear things every once in a while, like uh, you know, Fuji's making something now that is instant. Yeah, now Fuji, and, Fuji so, still make instant film, and you can get film backs and things like that that will hold Fuji. There's a com- uh, company. There's a project. It's a company called the Impossible Project. That's uh, they bought the Polaroid factory and all the old machines, and they're pouring money into trying to make film for your SX70 and things like that. And uh-huh. uh, I have a very. Uh, I was cleaning over the Christmas break. You know, mm-hmm. clean the studio up, clean the kitchen. And uh, I was making some room in a file cabinet, and I moved aside. I was like, oh, here's all my Impossible Project photos, and I pulled them out to look at them again. Every damn one of them had faded. Whoa. And Oh, yeah, at least I'd so scanned the film, them. The film's not where it should be yet. <laughs> Archival quality was not the words that came to mind. Um, no. In fact, oh, my God, what did I spend on this pack film again is what came to mind. But uh, yeah, uh, they're not there yet. I hope they get there, and I will be the first one to support them fully when they do. I, I Guys, miss Polaroid. you would think that we would have that whole uh, Polaroid system down since it's been out for uh, well, a few years now. Yes, and the problem that they have, and, and in their defense, I will say this, uh, they – Bought the machines. They even hired some of the techs, uh, some of the designers uh, that are all passionate about doing this thing. But the problem is, and this is never—I've not read this anywhere—but I'm pretty sure when you get into a business deal like that, if you haven't licensed the recipes for the film, you aren't mm-hmm. making that film. So I think what they're having to do is start from scratch and make all new stuff. Yeah, and it fades. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're talking about what fifty years of technology. They got to reset. Reset. So, um, so yeah, you know, maybe they'll. Maybe they'll rock it out. They'll get there. They they just got this creepy Lomo thing to all their marketing where it's like, hey, be hip and do this. And these are awesome. And they're not awesome if they fade, dude. I'm sorry. It's like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'm blown away. Like when I go into Urban Outfitters or whatever, all the marketing of the uh, the Lomo cameras and, it's and weird. The, yeah. the Holgas and all that kind of stuff. And, and like there's this whole kit of uh, this the, uh, Holga camera with some different lenses and different flashes and different films or whatever. And it's $250. <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, are <laughs> you kidding plastic, me? Yeah. It was like before this became cool and hip and all that, or whatever, and you packaged it in this fancy packaging or whatever, uh, I could get, you know, a, a, a the camera and all that for twenty five dollars or whatever. I was like, I know, I know. That's a little bit of a markup. It's insane. Two hundred fifty dollars. It's called marketing. Lady man. Gaga probably marked it up. Lady Gaga's she's she's gonna she's 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 leveraging her position at Polaroid to hopefully one day work with the Lomo guys. You know, man. I don't know. If this is where photography's going, I quit. <laughs> no, it, I'm quitting. This is the uh, the hipster element of it, you know. Lady Gaga got into it. I'm out. I love Lomo stuff too. I just I think they're just, just overcharging for it. You know, it's there's places online people that you can just buy it very cheaply. eBay, and, uh, yeah. Go there. eBay, definitely <laughs> eBay. Cool, man. Well, that's okay, about all the time we got. You'll have to do some editing, cut this thing down, or just nah. make us talk fast like chipmunks. It'll be chipmunks. <laughs> you know, I thought of a way we could close the show. Wade, where can people find you? 
at home in a chair. Well, I was thinking like Wade Griffith Photography. Oh yes, uh, www.wadegriffithphotography.com. That's Griffith, like Andy Griffith. Yep. G r i f f i t h. And you're on the Check Twitter. I'm on Twitter, Wade Griffith. Um, uh, I don't so much invite people to my Facebook unless uh, you know you're. I know you personally, but definitely Twitter. And I have a Tumblr. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Is it Fixed Image? Uh, Twitter is Wade Griffith. Okay, all right. Yeah, and then uh, you can also find me if you go to Tumblr and I have a blog and stuff. Just you, Google Wade. Just look up Wade Griffith. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I always want to say, just Google me. That's what I'm gonna start saying me. to people. Google me. Google me. You'll just find Google me. me. You'll find me, or, or there's a pa- there's like a pastor in Tennessee. You may find him. <laughs> the other Ted Forbes is a uh, there's a professor somewhere. Who is like does finance? It couldn't be even further from me, you know. <laughs> I know <laughs> some professor who teaches money, you know. Things, two things I'm not. But I know nothing about money. Yeah, and but, I don't have. But it. he doesn't rank high on Google, man. He can't tell people to Google him. No, I'm your. If you look up Wade Griffith uh, on Yahoo, not that I have looked myself up, <clears throat> but I'm the whole first page on so Yahoo. Pastor Griffith is like, yeah, on Yahoo or Google, dude. Score. I'm going dude, to Yahoo yeah. now. Well, yeah, you have to get a, a name like Wade Griffith, but Ted Forbes is pretty obscure too, so you're, you're probably good. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to get Forbes.com, but unfortunately, there's a magazine that's beat me to it. <laughs> and and well, or TED.com, and unfortunately, there's a pretty high profile Man, TED both conference. Of yours are taken. I know. I'm not going to wow. rank higher than those, but uh, it's Dang. all right. That's tough. I'll live. I got other things to get up in the morning and do. <laughs> Something like that. Get chewed out. That's right. All right. So WadeGriffithPhotography.com, <laughs> etc. I'm Ted Forbes. You can find me. You can find me on the Focus. I never send anyone in there. Focus. Nu. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember what country that is, but I got it. So you got the Focus. I also have the Blur. I've Blur.nu. That's that's like video projects, but I don't pimp those as much. But uh, there's stuff and there. Then, and then this whole thing, if you listen to it on iTunes, thepublicbroadcast.com. Yeah. Or iTunes. Oh, uh, well, we aren't uh, because we're audio. But the videos, um, we're doing distribution on YouTube and Vimeo now. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I just thought, you know, it's it, 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 not everybody in the world subscribes to iTunes. So, you know, maybe yeah. hit people that don't. So. Give people options. Well, and YouTube also increased what you can now upload. I didn't. I held off because they used to have a ten minute limit, I think, or twelve minute limit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to program a shorter episode just because YouTube won't let me put it up. But they've they've lifted the limits now. So, and I really like Vimeo too. It's Vimeo is awesome. Cool Vimeo is kind of like the and... flicker of video. It's very cool. Yeah, it's the cool hip one. Yeah, it is. It's the Lomo. Yeah. <laughs> Let's mark it up. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I have one, but I need to find the address. I'll start giving my web address out as my Lomo wall. <laughs> you know, if you go to Loma, lomography.com, that you could do a Lomo wall is what they call it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to have one. I don't remember the address, though. I've got to look it up. It's too, All right. too many things to juggle. Those Indeed. are the main ones, though. Right now, I've got to go watch Break His Camera on the Netflix. So Yeah, dude. You'll like it. I'm Check on, it out. I'm there, dude. It's All crazy. right. All right. That's a wrap. I can't ever end this. And thank you. <laughs> for <laughs>